welcome to the first episode of the Thundership podcast. I'm really honoured. I didn't realise I'd be first. And neither did I until I just said that. <laughs> oh, the pressure, the pressure. I would like to welcome Avril Chester to the first ever edition of the Sondership podcast. Avril is the founder and CEO of Cancer Central. She is an award-winning technology entrepreneur, executive speaker, author, and cancer thriver. We'll find out more about that later. Featured in Computer Weekly's Most Influential Women in UK IT 2020, Avril won the Entrepreneur of the Year at the 2019 Women in IT Awards. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was there in the audience and going, what's Avril doing on stage? Oh, it's Avril. She'll be winning an award. Yeah, I get that. That makes sense. Avril is the founder and CEO of Cancer Central, a chief technology officer at the Royal Institute of British Architects, and one of the three Digital Amigos, which is a podcast series. So I'm expecting perfection on this one, Avril. Avril is also the author of Be With Me, It's C, and Taking That Leap of Faith. She loves good food, big dreams, and a giggle. And I'm pretty sure you're going to hear her giggle a few times during this episode of the Sondership podcast. So welcome aboard, Avril. As you know, the Sondership podcast is an opportunity for our listeners to hear inspiring stories from people with purpose. And that's you today. You are our first person with purpose. Goodness, thank you. <laughs> Just to remind people, Sonda is that realization that every random passerby has got a story as vivid and complex as your own, that everyone out there has got something going on so much more below the surface that we ever get to see or we ever get to understand. So Sonder is that moment where you realize that it's not just about your story, but everyone has got their story going on around them. So Avril, what's your first or most impactful recollection of Sonder? I love that word. I mean, I didn't even know it existed until your fantastic podcast. And and you, you know, it really got me thinking, what is my first? I think I'm going to go back quite a long way, actually, to um, must have been sort of junior school. And I don't know exactly the age, but I have a, a, a wonderful brother who I adore and, and love. And he is autistic with special needs. Mm. And um, we we went to a little kind of day club together, you know, in, in, in the school holidays. And the volunteers there sort of said to me, would, you know, would you like to support with this activity? Would you like to volunteer? And I thought, oh, my goodness, how grown up am I? <laughs> how, how old would you have been? Avril? Oh, this was definitely before I was 10. So I was probably about eight or nine or something like that. So I was feeling... Like, oh, yeah, I'm with the adults now. Oh, yeah, I'm down. You know, this is good. I am, you know, I've been asked to do this. And of course, you don't tweak at the time because obviously this is a, a really wonderful place for, for carers and, and children with special needs. Mm. And I, I was asked to help and I just sort of stopped. And, and as I was meeting, obviously, wonderful people with different abilities and I was learning about different special needs sort of everything from deaf 
deafness through to being wheelchair bound to mm. actually sort of bouncing and, and and those that don't understand distance and you know they rock quite close to you and, right. and you know and all the kind of different sort of um pieces I, I just sort of started to realize that each one of us is so different and every single one of the the families that are here as part of this little summer program have a different home life experience. So how our home life experience is with, with my brother is very different to other people. It's not like, you know, not the same. And I would say it's the first time I sort of thought, wow, okay, so how does that work? And what does that look like? And and then, of course, I got distracted because I think the ice creams came out. So <laughs> that was probably literally the, the sum total of my small awareness. And to be honest with you, Danny, I'd probably haven't really thought about it you carry on with your little life don't you mm. you meet new friends and you you grow up and you know and I I didn't think about it again um until um until my you know until I went through the the serious illness and, and I just just to kind of share right I I'm I'd like to think I'm done on this kind of stuff because uh I've noticed a small pattern in my life so when I was eight weeks old um I had a hernia. Um, in my teens, I accidentally sliced off the whole of my heel. In my 20s, I fractured my spine. In my 30s, I had cancer. So now I'm in my 40s, right? I've decided that I've had enough <laughs> and I'm really done on serious incidences, right? <laughs> and accidents and things happening to me. And it is something major. I'm not going to pretend I'm, you know, it naturally came to me. It is something dramatic that happens to you that really starts to think about your own humanity yeah. and what your life's about and what is my purpose. Thank you, Avril. You have certainly had your share of knocks and bruises. Is that that's not quite that's not quite <laughs> I know. So I've just like come on now. You Enough You've had your enough. fill. Um no I'm more. Done. The shop the shop is now closed. And Thank you. I mean, that's a really young age to have that spark of awareness. And the thing about Sonda, which is not in the dictionary, but we'll get it there. The thing about Sonda, it's about planting that seed of empathy. It's about growing into the into the shoots and, and into a tree where, well, we'll hear your story, but but realizing there are others and they've got good and bad things going on. So what drew you to the point where you wanted to do things that were going to impact other people's lives positively, but these are people that you don't know and you'll never meet? What was that trigger? That trigger for me was going through treatment for cancer. That I would, I mean, I'd love to say, oh, it was before, um, you know, and of course, all of us like to think we've got empathy about us and and we're not selfish and, and all those kind of good, good things. But proactively doing something of which you really want to support people you've never ever ever mm. ever met and you yeah. never will meet was it through and that's a really good question Danny I'm even thinking it was post-active treatment because if I if I think about my active treatment and you know the usual sort of cycle and, and again I was I was incredibly lucky because from my first well from the lump through to actual diagnosis was nearly six months uh, I'd been through all the scans I'd even been through my first operation before I was diagnosed you know that it was only because the, the the medical team kept pursuing I'm not happy with this not happy with this not happy with this 
that I even got diagnosed. I think, thank goodness, and, and thank thank you, Eastbourne District General Hospital. I mm. owe you my life. Fast forward when you when you go through the the horrors of chemo. Some of you may be aware that I'd, from a personal life, um, I had literally just been through a divorce. Uh, it's best two years of my entire life. <laughs> uh, my marriage broke down. I'd I'm, I'm glad you can laugh about this. Okay, look, you have to, you have to. Literally, it was within months of each other. Divorce came through. The next month, I got diagnosed with cancer. You know I mean, it literally was like a horror show. I think I got bitten by a dog in the middle of all of this. Um, and my, but honestly, I remember meeting up with two of my colleagues and they're like, can anything else happen to you? And I said, what have you done to the world? I went, I don't know. I just, so yeah. So, fast forward to that sort of, sorry, that chemo stage. So I have to laugh about it. Otherwise, it's kind of, uh, lose it. So fast forward to that chemo stage. Um, and I was at home because obviously my mum and dad and went, you are not living by mm. yourself. You are coming back home. Um, and I'm very fortunate. We have such a close relationship. I'm very lucky. So I've moved back home in, in my sort of tender age of 37. You think, what on earth happened with my life? Um, who am I? Why I'm living back at my parents? It was a vivid memory. This one's very, very, very vivid. I remember lying there because you, you can't. It's indescribable. Yeah, the, the the how you feel and 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 the sickness is indescribable. And you know, Mama popped in in the morning, you know, to come in with the with the tablets. And what what you don't realise is, you know, <laughs> and we did laugh when we had my first chemo. You literally come home with a bucket of goodies. You you know, have injections to do yourself. You have different tablets to start at different yeah. times. You know, this one's after day three. This, I mean, it's so confusing. Um, so we had our little table. Mum came in with it with the tablets, and I could see the pain, and it was the most horrific horrific thing because you're looking at her eyes and there's nothing absolutely nothing I mm. can say absolutely nothing and I was staring at her eyes and I could see she was trying to keep cheerful <laughs> um there was this really vivid moment where I out of nowhere my gut basically said to me you're meant to go through this for a reason and I remember I opened my mouth. <laughs> God, believe I actually said this. There's me kind of like zoned out from chemo, trying to convince my mother, it's okay. I know I'm meant to go through this for a reason. I can't tell you why right now, because I don't know and I don't understand. But somehow I know I'm meant mm. to do this. And it was clear as day. I cannot explain it. I cannot. It was clear as day. So whilst that wasn't a, a sonder moment, that was a leading up to it, kind of, I'm doing this because I'm supposed to realize something and I'm supposed to have a, there's something out of this that I don't realize right now. That's really interesting. And it's it's kind of pulling together your innate empathetic ability and taking something that's happening to you, one of the worst things that can happen to you and turning it around and saying, no, this is okay. I can use this. How can I? How can I turn this pretty bad thing into something pretty good? It's really fascinating. I suspect uh, I'm not a religious person, but I suspect this is this is the moment of faith that some people find when they go through a life threatening disease or or, or 
your illness and uh, it must be so hard as well for your for your parents you know for your mother it's not any anything that a parent wants to go through you know you think right they've gotten through school they're off they're living their own lives i'm done being a parent now i can go and enjoy my life oh hold on they're back i've got a sick child again <laughs> They've given me strict instructions. Could you please stop? You know, it's it is, and and um, and I'm I'm very I'm very happy to share. Obviously, faith is a personal thing, but I but I believe in God, and it was that I know I'm doing this for a reason. I you know, and and, and things is part of the learning experience, and. and just to take this sort of the, the step forward because you have to laugh about this wonderful two years of my entire life. You you, you pop out the other side. Sorry, have to, sorry listeners. <laughs> you, I hope you're not drinking tea. Or but you're just going to pop out the other side and it's kind of what the hell is life about? You generally speaking, because of the drugs I had and the different things, um, I was heavier. Obviously, I'd put on a lot of weight. <laughs> So there I was, I'd put on a lot of weight. I had one boob and I was bald. And I'm like, woohoo, dating scene, bring it on. <laughs> oh, you're selling it. Exactly. And it is that whole refinding of yourself afterwards, you know, what your body shape, the emotional, mental piece that you go through. I mean, it's well documented that a lot of people hit an all-time low when they finish the active treatment because then they mentally stop and go, oh, thank goodness, I've, I've done the fight now. And then they go, what on earth was that? about um i mean I, I was the opposite i had my very low point during right. chemo so by the time i came out you couldn't have stopped me i was i was off. yeah that's really interesting i mean I, I can't relate to it of course but but what i'm hearing is that you spend all your time focusing on surviving and then you get to that survival point and then you go well now what now what i'm 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 held back you, you might look different your your experience is different you might be out of work for a period of time and now you've got the rest of your life to get on with and and what prepares you for that? So, Avril, what was the gap between your diagnosis and starting up the the nugget of Cancer Central? Oh, good question. So, the well, the the official, and you know what, I'm not good with dates, but funny enough, this one I know like <laughs> is ingrained in me. So, the official diagnosis was the first of December, uh, 2015. I finished active treatment just after my birthday in May. 2016. And then um, I started, I, I didn't take up new contracts. I took, declared on LinkedIn on the January 2018. This is it. I'm going to create my own startup called Cancer Central. And by doing that, you see, I couldn't escape because I declared yeah. it. Um, and then everyone was so great. Well done, everyone. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and there was this pathetic little holding page with the word Cancer Central on it. And then I was sort of breaking it. <laughs> Under construction. <laughs> yeah, 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 literally. It was around that time. So, but in between that whole kind of timing with me going back to work and I was working at scope at the time um i sort of went on a contract there and it, it was really interesting because um the, the concept really came from my experience if i may just very quickly just sort of kind of explain the two things that i sort of talk about obviously you know i i was going to lose my hair blah 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 and um i was off work um and uh, i know i can buy a soft fluffy hat from the internet i absolutely do but you know what because i'm off work let's do lunch can I find a shop? Try on some hats. Let's do something. Do I like the one with the little things or the little flower that's going on? I don't know. Let's have some fun. So I thought, I know I will go to a very famous search engine and I will look up chemo hats in my area. And obviously this was some time ago, in, you know, in 2016. And after two hours, my mum that was literally prizing me away from the, <laughs> the computer was like, stop it. And I was like, but I will find it. And I could 
not find one and I was like look I'm a technologist right I'd like to think I can search what's wrong with me and really what was happening was all this amazing results were coming back from the states even though I was being Mm. really clear you know I was going Eastbourne UK I was going really really detailed by that stage Um, but all this wonderful stuff came back from the states and great love the states sorry not going to visit you right now I'm only going to go up the (laughs) road Uh, so you know I thought that's a bit weird we're well, going to put pen in a map with just that particular thing and, and, and find it. So I thought, very odd. But you don't think anything about it, do you? Because you're going, to, oh, you know. Um, and then other people, and a number of you sort of recognize this, is when, when you go through something like this, you meet people per chance because you uh, so happen to be in that waiting room at the right. same time. And if you struck up a conversation, and if you say that conversation, it's ifs, 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 ifs. You tend to find nuggets of wonderful information. The one example I give is of an incredible charity called the Willow Foundation. And I, I really do hope they're surviving post-lockdown because obviously it's all the charity sector has taken a hit with donations. And what I wouldn't have done was put into the famous search ending, diagnosed with cancer under age of 40, nice day out. <laughs> What, what what on earth is that about? I mean, I didn't even know the concept of special days. It's like a new yeah. language. When you get, you know, you get this new language. And what they do is between certain ages, where they can and where they've got the funds, they award special days out that you have with your family and you can have a memory. I mean, isn't that just wonderful? And we had this gift and we went to the theatre and we had laughs and we had little lunch afterwards, which was lovely. And then we came back home on the train and I will forever remember that day thanks to them. Um, but I only found that out three days before I didn't qualify anymore. Right. And yeah, it's kind of because my friend, my mm. new friend, so happened yeah. to tell me because she so <laughs> happened to find out. Do you know what I mean? And this is the thing. I went, well, hang on a minute. I didn't know the search terms. I don't, you know, and, and really that was a kickstarting moment. So it's like, well, hang on a minute. There's all this great yeah. stuff out there. There's these amazing, you know, it might only be a local initiative between people and neighbors that have created a little Facebook group to help with daily radiotherapy sessions and traveling to and from. It might be a bit bigger in terms of insurance products. Products. It, it might be books and nutrition advice. It's here, and a lot of it's local. Um, unless you go to that notice board with a little pin in it, and someone's been there to put their latest information there, I thought there must be a better way. So when I when I started at SCO, I was sort of thinking, gosh, I feel very blessed. This is a time to to ask. I was uh, attending a senior technology events. I was in now the not for profit centre, so I started asking, hello, <laughs> is there anything out there? Can I help? And uh, you know when you get tumbleweed and i was thinking okay um and it was from that moment that that's when i couldn't help someone else or something you know i didn't couldn't see anything i went that's it i'm gonna do it myself i have no idea how i'm gonna do this i have absolutely no money obviously i've been off work for a year (laughs) we've been treated with cancer and earning no money i'm really skinned but I really believe in it. And again, that whole gut feeling came yeah. back up. That whole gut feeling of I did not want to have my life saying what if, what if I had, you know, if I tried and I needed to do it initially for myself, but actually the drive was the Sonder moment. There's all this amazing stuff out there. How do we connect people amazing. to it? Amazing. And boil it down for us. What is cancer central 
Wow. It's taken two and a half years and some brilliant people to actually define mm. it for me. My new strap line uh, is helping people affected by cancer to find the support and information they need. Brilliant. Clear. I know. Genius, Crystal aren't clear. they? It, you know, this is this. You need other people to help you create that. It's taken me two and a half years to try to explain it. <laughs> well, you knew in your gut exactly what it was, but it's the articulation of that and being able to explain it in less than five minutes that's the hard part and you're absolutely right getting people outside of you listening to it and going so what you're saying is this i like that that's really it that's is really clear um and danny i hope you don't mind me saying i've just realized i can you know lockdown's totally through my dates it's three and a half years not two and a half what am i talking about <gasps> where's this time gone <laughs> so Avril, tell us about the journey so you came up with this concept you realized that there was a gap in the market effectively, if we talk about it from a business perspective, assuming you didn't have bucket loads of cash, how did you go about creating something? <laughs> you know, sometimes I wonder how. <laughs> One of the the very early realizations I had, which um, sort of relates back to why I was doing it, was too many people have been affected by mm. cancer. And this should never, ever be based on my journey. I really wanted to give people the opportunity to play a part, whether it was an idea, whether it's half a day, whether it's been part of a project team for a certain period of time, whether it's a policy, whether it's design thing. You know, I really, really wanted people to help create this community style to the point, Danny, where you're determined to get it in the dictionary. I'm going for Wikipedia on my one. It's called Cominnovation, uh, which is a community plus innovation. I had obviously I had, had nothing. So I ran a hackathon and I I was so scared the day before. It's like you're creating this party and will anyone turn up? Um, I had no idea. This was just my concept, my little idea, just little me asking for a little help to try and understand how this thing would work. Just yeah. for starters. Once I got the vision, I had no idea. So you've just used a very technical term there, hackathon. What is a hackathon? Avril. Oh, sorry. Sorry. There's a, probably a very polished mm -hmm. answer for this. But in my little term, it's uh, groups of incredibly wonderful people coming together that look to solve a very specific problem, whether it's designing or, or delivering a little show of, of technology at the end of it or, or concept that then can be taken mm -hmm. forward. And by doing that, you have lots of different groups of lots of different ideas, and then it enables you to pick the best i you know, or the or group of the best ideas to take forward, which we did in, in our case. Brilliant. Now we know what hackathon is. Normally, is a winner in things, but I needed a group. So <laughs> Where did you find these people? Was this through your newly found chemo network? Is this from your technology network? You have an extensive network. You've won lots of awards. You're a well-known figure, certainly in technology circles. So, how did you go about? pulling this network of people together? Well, this was obviously all pre-awards and I was still working. I, I was working with some incredible companies and people and I just asked for help. I said, can, can you can you help spread the word? Can you can you ask your community? Could you do this or could you help me this? And I haven't got a room. Um, has anyone got a room I can I can use in the middle of London and I've got no money to pay for it? And can somebody, I mean, uh, Begging <laughs> to that point. Um, but I explained what I wanted yeah. to do. And I generally don't know. Somehow they somehow we got given this incredible this room that 
massive hackathons take place for us to use. We had food donated and drink donated. We had people turn up. We had mentors that wanted to help shape the teams. We had people who'd been affected by cancer as part of the group to talk to the technology people to explain the experience. We, I mean, it was, ju- I just can't explain it. I, it was I nearly cried when I saw everyone turn up. I was a ridiculous emotional person. (laughs) That must have been very uplifting because it probably one of the first moments where you realize that this concept resonated with people and that people were going to come to it. People were going to flock to it and recognize that this was something worth doing. Yeah. And everybody who took part in helping get that day there, in helping to organize, to just keep me uplifted on the on the way there. Thank you so very much. Everyone that turned up, everyone that gave the ideas, all the companies that invested their time. And I do list them in my book. Remind us of the title of this book. Uh, uh, the title of this book is Taking That Leap of Faith. Um, and this particular chapter is called The Heffalump. The Heffalump. I love that. Because my mom couldn't say hackathon. She kept saying, how is the heffalump going along? <laughs> so it had to be called the heffalump. Uh, and it was, it was a very emotional moment because an idea in your head doesn't mean it will necessarily work. And, you know, declaring that you're going to go do something and having a room full of people come up with all these incredible concepts. And actually from mm. there, from this came the, the, the notion that we needed to build a conversational search. Because obviously at that time, Alexa Siri and things were quite new. And of course, you need to start building these things up. And a conversational search is much more like, I'm going into chemo. What do I need? You know, how do I, what are the symptoms for this? It's, this is actually the, the advancements of the technology. So we, this is where AskAv was born. Right. So what is AskAv? My board have a lot to answer for. My board at the time wanted to name this conversational search because it's much nicer when you you know you have that virtual assistant that's called something after me. So is this a is this a chatbot when you say conversational? It search? is a chatbot indeed, okay. but it's front and center part of the site, not a pop up that happens as and when you need it. It is literally front and center. That's quite unique. Mm, well, I wanted, oh I, oh, I know at the time I was going out, can we do different designs? Can we do this? I can only do so much with, with you know, good faith. <laughs> and I had incredible, amazing, amazing companies, um, you know, the, the data company and Rock and everyone who, who stepped forward to build my first mm. prototype as their CSR. Right. Uh, and and, and I was going, can we do this design? Can we do this? And I was like, okay, Apple, uh, tone it down. (laughs) Um, But yes, it is very much front and center. This is very much about that person-centric design. And while we're not necessarily, um, you know, we're still growing, we're still being built through that incredible pro bono. I mean, we've reached now an amazing 55,000 donated hours. It's absolutely incredible. And on our site, you'll see the companies involved, the people involved. I want it like, you know, that film roll call, you know, who's been involved in the different stages. 55,000 hours. 55,000 donated hours. Um, But it is about that person-centric design. And there's some features coming out soon um, that will help emphasize that and do that. And and bless her, Arscan's been in diapers for some time, (laughs) bless her. But it's about learning what people are asking for. So then we can respond and we can get the the better content. And, um, oh, going back to the board. So, yeah, they wanted to call Mm. it after me. I went, on your bike. I'm not talking to yourself. So that's when my nickname came up. And my nickname's always been Av. At dinner, and everyone goes, but there's an E on the end. It's like, yeah, but it's like Avenue. 
<laughs> but I, I think you have me, myself, and Av, haven't you, as as one of your social handles? I but do. If you, if you don't know it's Av, it reads as me, myself, and Dave. But then you realise there's only one D and not two. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you can see how far back this goes. My my dad was so proud with this. My thirtieth birthday, he wanted to give me something really memorable, and he he bought me a number plate, and it's 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 on my car. It's M one five five A V E Miss Av. Okay. <laughs> See, you know, it's I've been there throughout my life. So this chatbot can drive. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness <laughs> me. <laughs> Brilliant, Avril. Thank you. So what I'm hearing, and the thing is, what I'm seeing is we've got Avril, the award winner, uh, glitter on stage, trophies entrepreneur creating things she's unstoppable but actually i'm guessing it wasn't quite as easy and i use that term very carefully i'm guessing it wasn't as easy as it might appear from the outside and when i'm sitting at a, in a black tie at a table at the grosvenor and you jump up on stage to accept the prize for entrepreneur of the year women in it awards 2019 i think yeah that's that's avril so for people who haven't met Avril, you might have got it from hearing her now, but her personality is infectious. Her energy is infectious. She She's on radio, so you can't see her blushing, but she is one of my role models. And in fact, creating this podcast has been partly inspired by Avril and her story and just her raw determination to make something happen. So Avril, Tell us about how incredibly easy this whole journey was, how it all fell into place and you had a plan and you knew what you were doing. And ta-da, you're now an award-winning entrepreneur, founder of this incredible platform. I don't quite know what to say to that, Danny. I am very blushing and bless you. Um, totally inspired by you constantly and everything you're doing in, in Anti-Nolan and beyond. And... <laughs> You know, I love the word you use, easy. I don't think I've cried so much in my entire life than I have done during this journey. And people say to you, when you start up your own business or start up your own venture, it's the most toughest thing that probably you're going to do. And you go, yeah, of course. Yeah, I'll be fine. And I tell you what, being that naive is one of the best things you can ever be, because I don't think if you ever knew the emotional turmoil you put yourself through. I don't know if you would ever do it. I, I, I don't, literally don't know if I'd have done it. And even, even now, there's so much I would adore the site mm. to do. I can see, I mean, and even the team around me, they, they, they can see it. And it's only the spare time we've got in evenings and weekends to develop and tweak and do. And there's so much we desperately would love to build and develop and, and help. And we, we'd love to then expand it this concept of centralizing information to you um say if you search in the internet what is it you're looking for and we'll bring whether it's a story whether it's an event whether it's a product or a service whether you know it's nhs information if it's you know helpline whatever it is we'll bring it to you that applies to so many health conditions so um one day one day i'll get investment <laughs> um but um I really don't want people listening. You know, it's so easy to get lost in, oh my gosh, she's won an award. Oh my gosh, this. And honestly, I, I couldn't believe when it actually happened um, because there were so many dark days. And I, I will share a story in that I, this was, this was the year I won. So in the January, I'd, I'd won the award. I was absolutely on a high. I couldn't believe it. This was amazing. And then how do I keep the site going? Mm. How, how do I make a 
self-sustainable business? Um, how do I create income from the site so I can actually maybe one day hire someone? That's yeah. the truth. Um, so you still, and you then, still don't you know, have anyone hired? Oh, we still don't have. You haven't paid a day's wages. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> it's, no, we're still not there. Um, how do we make it self-sustainable? I am literally on to business case number seventy-six, um, and I've had different people help and look at different ideas. And we've now—I mean, I feel so posh. I now have a proper strategy, Ooh. agree with the board, and we have some set focused for me to. In the small time we've got with the people who are dedicating their time mm. to help do this, where do we focus that time to build that? So, you know, we've had to really focus. Um, I was personally literally really running out of money. You know, I, I've been, as I said, I'd, I'd been off work with to the cancer treatment. I, you know, I'd, I wasn't earning. Um, I was doing this and I was thinking that uh, I, I can't carry on. I don't know how I'm going to pay my mortgage. I don't know how I'm going to, you know, I'm just literally trying to do odd little bits of consultancy here and there. And it was just literally money and money out, money and money out, money and money out. And I was like, do I start selling something? <laughs> you know, what do I do? Did you get to pawning your earrings for example oh, yeah. <laughs> that'll that'll get me some more green on the top of the website <laughs> I was just like but it's you know and I was like no I refuse to go through the advertising route I refuse because it's not what mm. I wanted for the site when you've been diagnosed when you're going through something you are in a different emotional stages during that process and having flashing advertising things is not what you need yeah. at this point in time so i needed to find a way um and yeah i was crying and i there was it was the month it was a monday and that's why i sort of remember it was a monday and i was sitting i was sitting in my bed under my duvet feeling really sorry for myself and i had literally gone through half a tissue box um and uh all the all my loved ones had you know given me the pick me up mm. message we love you we believe in you and i felt awful because all these people all up to date i mean i think we were at least at that point up to 20 or thirty thousand donated hours and companies had invested their time people invested their time they believed in me and i couldn't get it off the ground i, I just i felt i was failing them so this is before you launched this is well this is we'd launched growing a site getting i don't have a pr budget yeah. to get it out there i don't have marketing what's going on in newcastle or you know wales or chester or down in um taunton i don't know anyone you know how do i get the message out though i i don't have big bucks to do television advert ready or ever well, you know like, I, you know hello this is a little like site. you said the willow <laughs> foundation you know you found it by accident and it, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't coming to you and and so now exactly. you're experiencing uh, that with your own creation you've created it but how do you how do people find out about yeah because actually the site's only as good as its content. You know, we're building the technology to connect people to it. And yes, we will constantly improve and that we can see it now. We know what other things we want to do, but we need people to put in the content. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you? What service do you provide? What events have you got going? We've, we've got this whole events calendar to fill it in. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So this is the stuff. And so I was literally in tears because I, I still even now... I'm terrified, absolutely terrified of letting everybody down because they've invested time yeah. in this and some donation money and, and things like that. And I, I met, I'm, I, I sat there and I did, I did, um, I did a little, I did a little prayer and I, I was like, you know, hello, God and universe. I don't know if I'm meant to do this anymore. And I just kind of need a little bit of a yeah. nudge, <laughs> you know, give me a little sign. You know, when you could give me a sign <laughs> and I thought, okay, carry on, get up 
dust yourself off, carry on, focus on an action, see mm. what you can do. So I carried on. And I was expecting maybe a, a phone call out of the blue from an odd colleague or something. Or you you walk past a bus stop and there's a sign. <laughs> you know what I mean? you just expecting something like that. And on the Wednesday, yeah. same week, on the Wednesday was Digital Leaders Awards Ceremony. And we were up for Health Tech Innovation of the Year. Mel and I were just having a, a fantastic time there. We've got to sit down and, you know, there's bits and... They called out Cancer Central's name, right? And I was like, thank you, pardon. <laughs> so there I was. Um, and it's a, a, a wonderful guy called who John, who who funny enough, he was presenting the award and, and we'd met from before and it, it was really lovely. It was really wonderful magic moment. It was, it was yeah. him, to be honest with you. And I was standing next to Maggie Philbin. It was Maggie Philbin. With this award, with Mel, everyone clapping. And i if you were to snapshot that moment going, wow, they're really successful. Look at this. And behind the scenes, two days mm. before, there I was in hysterical tears going, I don't think I can continue. And, okay, that's a sign and a half. Yes, I get it. Okay, I'm supposed <laughs> to do it. Keep going, keep going. Um, but everybody knows and everybody says this because we 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 look at it um on social media we look at it um in, in profiles like that there's always a story behind and nothing is as glossy as it sounds and nobody is an overnight entrepreneurial success the the site is still very young i know what people are like because i do the same i go wow god they're yeah. amazing honestly if you've seen the amount of tears and the amount of sky runs i've had i mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i can really i can really relate to that because i think on the exterior i i myself also exude a level of confidence and a, a level of accomplishment but people don't necessarily see the level of doubt and uncertainty that comes before that moment and i'm not shy talking about that i give public presentations all the time and i love to start with i didn't know anything about this thing that i'm deemed to be an expert about i had to kind of figure it out and i'm not I'm not shy about that and i think sometimes we yeah. have to pretend and um it's it's finding that fine balance between exuding positivity and something that's false and and something that is a lot of effort to maintain a, a public face and you've got to be able to carry that and and be be honest with yourself and be honest with other people so avril thank you so much uh for being the first the premier guest on the sonship <gasps> podcast I hope I haven't put I hope people off. As well. I'll let you know. <laughs> Please tune into the next one. <laughs> this is great. That the purpose of Sondership is, is about hearing these stories, sharing these stories. And we hope it'll grow into a bit of a platform so people can share their Sonder moment. They can share how that empathy grew and and as they found their purpose, what they created, what they did. This has been yeah, incredibly useful. So thank you once again. Uh, I hope people who've listened to it have enjoyed it. You can follow us on Spotify and Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. Have a look at our website at sondership.com uh, where you can join our mailing list and, and be notified about new episodes, events that might be set up in the future, potentially even Sondership merchandise. I know you all want a t-shirt. You can read our blog, not just from myself, but potentially from from our guests as well. So thank you very much, Avril Chester, founder and CEO of Cancer Central. 
You've been listening to the Sundership Podcast with me, Danny Attias. Our guest in this, our first ever episode, has been Avril Chester, founder and CEO of Cancer Central, as well as a self-proclaimed cancer thriver. Please do follow Sondership on your favourite podcasting platform and tune in to future episodes where you can hear more inspiring stories from people with purpose, including female empowerment, mental health, disability discrimination, social mobility, climate change, and much, much more. You did put cancer thriver, right? I don't like the word survivor. And I've never associated with it. It's actually my board advisor, Simon Nelson. He is very inspirational to me. To tell you a little bit of a story, actually, when I was coming out of active treatment, I met him through the latter part of my treatment. And it was a very strange situation because people kept saying to me, you're going to take it easy now, Avril. I'm like, I'm not 80. These are people who've not met Avril. Do you know what I mean? I'm kind of like, are you really my friends? Do you you really know who I am? Ah, ah. Um, You know, I don't want to stop life, you know? So, but I was really bothered by it because of the sheer volume of friends and family that said it. You know, it wasn't, you know, I was kind of like, okay, (laughs) I'll never forget. So I caught up with Simon and uh, he was, I think it was seven or eight years on um, and he had his whole stomach removed. (laughs) I mean, it's incredible. It literally goes straight to his gut. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, And he has blossomed in his career. I mean, he works um, for the police, being intendant. He's now the president of the Disability Association for the National Police. I mean, he's, he, and he, and he went, do what you want to do, Avril. You know, don't let this stop you. And I needed someone. I mean, mine was a slice off, right? Not an internal rejig, right? <laughs> so I went <laughs> flipping it, all right? Um, I needed someone who had thrived after yeah. to reassure my gut that were telling me I could be who I wanted to be. Mm. And he was my inspiration to go, right, come on, world. Avril's <laughs> 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 coming. Um <laughs> Uh, And there we go. So excellent. When he said thriver, that's what it was.